Hi, everybody. I'm Mika. I'm Sarah. I'm Lee. And this is the Sounds from the Shelves podcast. So welcome. This is, as you've probably guessed, our first episode. We are workers, we're not all librarians, (laughs) from the Salt Lake County Library System, and we are creating this podcast to connect with you. Yes, you, individually, you. Every single one of you. So we thought we'd take time in this first episode to let you get to know us a little bit, because we're pretty cool. At least I think we're pretty cool. I concur. Yes, we're cool. (laughs) So we're going to do a round robin sort of question, get to know each other thing. So I will go ahead and start. So our first question is, what brought you to working at the library? Well, let's see here. I can't pinpoint at what point I wanted to be a librarian, but all of a sudden I was like, hey, this might be a cool gig. And I am actually from upstate New York, so I went around and applied at every library that was around me within a 45-minute drive. And that's when I realized the whole process of (laughs) working at a library. In New York, you actually have to be on the civil service list and take a, a standardized test to even be looked at for a job in a library, which I didn't know that, and it's different for every state. But this career kind of encapsulates all the things that I love, like books and music and literature and community and connection. And it's just, yeah, learning. I'm constantly learning something new. And then I get to teach some of that stuff too, so it's pretty cool. It's a really good gig. I like it. For me, I kind of just fell into it a little bit. I've always loved libraries. I grew up next to one of the county libraries. I was in limbo between jobs. A friend told me to apply. I got in and I was like, oh, this is cool. Maybe I'll just go to library school. And it's taken me a couple of years, but I am now in my first semester of library school. It is very stressful. I want to cry all the time. Sounds um, about right. <laughs> yeah, but I'm really excited to just like make this my career. Like Lee said, it kind of just like encapsulates everything that I love. I love music. I love movies. I love hanging out with the teens and the adults and the kids. So I just love libraries. I think it's one of the best jobs ever. I agree with that. So it may surprise some of you to know this, but not everybody who works at a library is a librarian. In order to be a librarian, you have to get a master's in library science, which is a lot. (laughs) I came to librarianship not really by accident. Like it was intentional, but it wasn't necessarily my first choice. Originally, I was going to be a teacher. Yes. But it turns out teaching kind of sucks. My mom was a kindergarten teacher for forever, and I saw all of the crap she had to put up with, and you don't get paid very much as a teacher. Not that you get paid a lot better as a librarian, but it's slightly better. Slightly, yes. (laughs) Mostly I just wanted to do something that I knew I would really enjoy, which teaching all the time was not it. So after getting my bachelor's in English, what do you do with an English degree? Um, hey. a whole song about that. <laughs> yeah. I spent some time kind of going around not really knowing what to do, just applying for whatever jobs, because if you're not going to be a teacher, uh, a degree in English doesn't do a whole lot for you. And I eventually decided that I needed to go back to school to do something else. So I thought I would maybe like being a librarian. 
So I applied to the library system to be a shelver. Shelvers are the people you see walking around with carts that are putting books away. That's pretty much their whole job. So that's what I did. It's an important job. It is a very important job. And it was really good. I did that. And then I've kind of worked my way up the chain and held almost every position you can have in a library. And yeah, it's great. I fell in love with working at the library and I got my master's in library science and now I'm a librarian. Yay! Hooray! And I highly encourage anybody, if you have fun, you love libraries, you love working with people, and just so you know, you do not get to sit around and read all day. You work. <laughs> like, and you're doing many things, juggling many things, wearing many hats. It's definitely not a boring job. So I encourage people to check it out. Try it out. You know, as Sarah said, it, school's hard. <laughs> it is. But it's worthwhile. That, that was my two cents on that. <laughs> Maybe I will go next and pick a question for all of us. That's here. I, I'm going to do a whimsical one. If you could have coffee with any historical figure, who would you choose? Hmm. That's always a hard one for me. Currently, right now, honestly, I think I would. So I write poetry, so I'm I'm, I'm going to go with <laughs> some poets. Wow. I just blanked on their names. I can see their faces. I can see their poetry. Isn't that how it always works? Oh, oh my <laughs> goodness. It's it's like, just so you all know, when you come up and you ask for a book rem- recommendation, we kind of blank, too. So. It's so true. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Maya Angelou would love to sit and have coffee with. Also, Emily Dickinson. Yes, definitely. And, oh, what's the... Spanish poet. He did a hundred love sonnets. Oh, Neruda. Yes. Yes. I I think we would have an amazing, amazing time talking over coffee, talking poetry, talking about life. All right, Sarah, what do you think? Oh, this is a thinker. I think I'd have to go with Dolly Parton. I'm a huge Dolly Parton fan, like huge country music fan. I think we'd have like a really nice chat. I also love how she feels about like books and literacy. If you don't know, she has a program where she'll send your kids like a book every year until they go into kindergarten. So she's a really cool lady, probably her. And then I think childhood me would probably pick like Amelia Earhart. I wrote a lot when I was a kid and I used to write stories about her all the time. Thought she was a really interesting lady. Oh, that's so, so I think cool. I would pick her too. Oh, that's awesome. That's do really you still cool. have the stories you wrote? Um, I think it was somewhere. I actually did, must have been in like first or second grade. I wrote this story about how we would I'd go back in time and like I'd find Amelia Earhart. I'd make sure she would survive. I had a lot of weird interests as a kid, <laughs> but that's probably You made one yourself of them. a hero. I love it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and I think I would also pick R.L. Stein, who writes the Goosebumps books. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite book series of all time. We'll recommend them to anyone and everyone, so probably him too. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. I love it. Love it. Nice. If I had to pick I have kind of like two figures. So I want to have coffee with Jane Austen because I'm sure hearing like the actual gossip of her day from her rather than what she's written in her books would be hilarious. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I'd also really like to be able to have coffee with Carrie Fisher. Like she's a she's a huge inspiration to me. Just being a really strong woman and being very vocal about mental health and the importance of taking care of yourself I would love to be able to just sit down with her and pick her brain. Also, who doesn't love our space mom? Like she's It's true. Well, the yeah. best. <laughs> yeah. There are some people we just don't deserve, and Carrie Fisher and Dolly Parton and 
why can't I think of her? Betty White. Mm -hmm. Like, they all fall into that category for me. They're just people we don't deserve to have. So I will go with my question. I'm going to go with, like, a classic but true question. What is everyone's zodiac sign, if that's something you're into? I'm, like, dipping my toes into astrology, so I can tell everyone I'm a Cancer sun, Pisces moon, Gemini rising, a.k.a. I am very emotional and a big, giant crybaby. That's just all you need to know about me. You you pick the good crew to ask that question. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah, so um, I'm a Sagittarius sun, Gemini moon, Aquarius rising, and a Scorpio Venus. Yeah, well, normally when I tell people all that, they're like, oh. <laughs> like, it's just it's like, oh. Well, that explains it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, I'm blunt. I like the truth. And... I think people, because I make a lot of jokes and I laugh a lot and I'm lighthearted, people don't take me as seriously as I actually am. I am Aquarius Sun, and I believe Leo is both my moon and rising. I might have that backwards. Anyway, <laughs> I remember Aquarius is my main one, yeah. and Leo's like the others. <laughs> <laughs> I'm born like kind of right on the cusp there between Aquarius and Pisces. So a lot of times I fit Aquarius stuff, but then other times I kind of more fit Pisces stuff. It's weird. You could probably have like water, more water signs in your chart too. Mm -hmm. That's what I would assume. Yeah. Somewhere I have the full chart because I had it done to see if I actually was Aquarius because I am right on the cusp there. Because sometimes I would read like stuff about Pisces and I'd be like, that's me. That's so me. <laughs> but no, I am actually Aquarius. So. <laughs> I think... I like astrology. I think it's fun. Yeah. I know a lot of people are like, oh, it's BS and da, da, da. I'm like, I think there's something to the energy of when you're born. And, you know, it's always that whole, you know, are we the blank slates? Like, do we pick up everything as we grow up by our environment? Or is it something that's internal that will never change? Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. I kind of like it. I, I do. Too. I yeah, think it's neat. the same sort of. As long as you don't take it too seriously. It's the yeah. same sort of fun as, like, personality tests and stuff yeah. like that. Like, yeah. it's fine. It's a way to make sense of your world. Right, right. You know, like, because there's a lot of things that don't make sense at all, ever. Okay, to kind of circle back to library school, I don't, I lost track about how many times a professor asked us to do our Myers-Briggs, or Myers-Briggs. I don't know. Sorry, sorry, people. I messed up your names. But... <laughs> <laughs> Inevitably, I was always the extrovert, the only extrovert. <laughs> and everyone's like, yeah, yeah, we got that. <laughs> One of my classes this semester, that was like the very first assignment, was like your Myers-Briggs personality test and like how that translated to library school, mm -hmm. which was very interesting. I felt kind of like a useless assignment, but that's a whole other topic we could get into. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of people were like introverts and I'm on that extrovert, introvert line. Like it just kind of depends on where I'm with. But yeah, mm -hmm. most people were like, I'm an introvert. That's why I want to work in libraries. And it's like, oh, you have to be very extroverted for this job or at least act like it. Yeah. yeah. Like that's something that I have a hard time explaining to people because I tend to be introverted. Like I'm definitely somebody that regains energy by being alone and just yes. kind of blocking out the world and doing my own thing. But like when I get around people, I could be very talkative and very bubbly and people think that I'm extroverted because of that. And I'm like, no, 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 yeah. this is work for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
And I think that's the thing that people forget. That's how, you know, how do you recharge? That's more about being extrovert or introvert. Like, I recharge by other people, not necessarily being alone. Although I do have to say there are times where I'm like, I've had too many people. (laughs) And, like, (laughs) I need that alone time to just kind of soak in what I've absorbed from other people and how I feel about it. And I kind of feel like maybe that's how introverts are, but on the regular as opposed to me once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I guess I've got the next question. This one, you could be as serious as you want about it. What is it that got you through the pandemic lockdown of 2020? I'll start so you guys have some time. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) For me, it was Animal Crossing, strangely enough. I feel like this is probably a common answer for people. But I actually ended up being part of a group of librarians that proposed creating an Animal Crossing island for the library. And then I was the one who got to run it because the library I was at had a switch, which most libraries at least at that time, did not. So (laughs) I got to set up the island and then I ran it for like a year. And then I was also playing my own personal Animal Crossing Island because Animal Crossing is amazing and I've loved it since it came out in the U.S. on the GameCube. But (laughs) y'all should have seen that face. It was pure joy. (laughs) But yeah, Animal Crossing is totally what got me through the pandemic and kept me sane as I was trying to work from home with a two-year-old child. You mean that's not an easy thing to do? Strangely, no. <laughs> Would have thought. <laughs> For me, it's definitely like music. Music is a really big thing in my life. In a previous life, I was a radio DJ twice. I've had two radio shows before, so music's a lot to me. So at the time, I was doing this like music jar where I asked friends for different like recommendations. I put them in a jar, and then every week I'd pick like a new artist to try and listen to someone. So probably like just listening to music, listening to records was a big thing I did. That's a great idea. I like that. Little jar. I was trying to think. I'm like, 2020. What? What? 2020. What happened in 2020? Where was I? What was I doing? It's fine. Um, We're still in March of 2020. Just think about what you're doing now. (laughs) It never ended. No. (laughs) Yeah. I. Well, I had just started at Magna, so I literally just started my library career. So I think that was kind of a push. And I started exploring more of Utah and I went camping, went hiking a lot. Nature always grounds me. And since I've moved here, I haven't really found that place for myself. So I think that was helpful. And I was still doing poetry, so I was still writing. That helped. And there were a couple of places that kind of went a little private, and I could still go out and dance. So that was really, really important for me. So nature, writing, and dance, that, that saved me. That sounds like a good combination of stuff. Yeah. How about we do this one? What's your favorite childhood memory? Mine would have to be, and I think it really reflects now, Mine is going to the beach every summer with my mom and my sister. My mom would take two weeks off in July, and we'd wake up at like 6, 7 in the morning, get ready, and spend all day until the sunset at the beach. Yeah, don't really do that here. It's dry. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I greatly miss the water um, very, very much. So I would say that would be my favorite childhood memory. Mine's definitely like going to the library. I feel like that's a very stereotypical answer, but I grew up right behind the Columbus Library. For those that remember it, it's closed now. I cried. worked there for a couple of months, yeah. yeah. I cried very hard when they closed, because um, that's like 
where I grew up. I'd go there like every single day after school. I got to know the staff there really, really well. So it was just like going to the library all the time, like sitting in certain areas and just like reading books over and over and over again. When I was a kid, if I got grounded, my mom would take my library card away. That's the kind of kid that I was. Wow. Just because it's like, maybe you should go outside or do something else. Sorry, mom, if you're listening to this. But yeah, that's mine is like just going to the library for sure. That's cool. So probably my favorite memory or the one that sticks out the most at the moment. Maybe that's a better way of saying it. When I was early elementary school, probably like seven or eight I was super, super, super into the Babysitter's Club. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) I love that it's, like, becoming a thing again. Mm -hmm. It makes me so happy. I watched, like, the first season of the show on Netflix, and I was like, actually, this isn't bad. They did a pretty good job. Yeah. Anyway, so I was super into the Babysitter's Club. They did some sort of contest that my dad entered me into to meet Anna Martin, who's the author that writes it. And he didn't tell me he entered me because he didn't want me to know if I didn't win, because he, he knew I'd just be crushed. Um, but I did end up winning, and so I got to, like, go have lunch with her with a couple other people that had also won. And she signed some of my Babysitter's Club books, which I still have, like, at home. Excellent. It was so cool. <laughs> it's amazing the power that an author can have to influence your life. Like, you'd never guess that they have that influence when they write their books, but they really do. I actually have, like, an... Anna Mart connection to that a little bit. I read all the time when I was a kid and like I wanted to be a writer for a really long time. So I used to like write letters to authors because you know years ago that's what you could do and they'd write back to you and I actually have one that she sent me back and I've got it like in a box somewhere and I'm going to frame it when I have my own office. But I just think it's cool. It's like a fun little connection. That's really cool. <laughs> uh, my question is what was your like childhood dream job? Like when you were a kid what did you want to grow up to be? It, it's, it's funny. We had to write a letter to ourselves in senior year of high school. This is way back in the day for me. Um, <laughs> and our teacher took the letter, and on our 20th high school anniversary reunion, she mailed the letters out to us. So, and that's what it was. Like, what do you wish, you know, for yourself? And it's funny, as a child, I, I, I kind of remember wanting to be a, a veterinarian, and I think that's because most children's books have lots of animals in it. But when I got that letter um, as an adult, you know, as a a teenager writing to myself, my future self, I mainly wanted to be happy. I said, whatever you choose to do, be happy in it. And like later in the letter, it said, you know, I hope you keep writing. I hope you find solace and peace in your writing and you travel. Traveling, it's been a little... I haven't been out of the United States except for Canada. And I know that's a whole other country. But when you live in upstate New York and Canada's like less than two-hour drive over and we used to not have to have a passport. You could just like drive over, you know. Yeah, I, I never thought I would be where I am. I never thought I would leave New York State. I never thought I'd be a librarian. Yeah, it's wild. I never thought I'd climb a mountain and I did. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's it's amazing what you think about when you're a child as opposed to what happens along the way. I mean, life itself really is an adventure. It's the greatest adventure. That was my long-winded answer to that. (laughs) For mine, it was definitely, I had like five million things I wanted to do when I was a kid, but it was a librarian. 
So childhood me would be very happy, mortician, a therapist, a writer, and I've actually kind of like dabbled in all of those. So landed on librarian. Nice. Uh, um, can you expand on the mortician? <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I have was to. Just like, I was a really weird kid. I think that's all that needs explanation. Um, and like 10 years ago, I actually took like a mortuary science class at the community college oh. and thought about it for a really long time. Yeah. But it requires a lot of like science, like biology and math. Mm-hmm. And that I'm, that's not my strong yeah. suit at all. So I think I was more curious about that because I, you know, I've never actually asked anybody like, what did you go through to get to that job, you know? so Yeah, but Slick like, actually has, like, a program. It's very, very competitive. You just take, like, a bunch of the classes. You get, like, an internship. When I took it, we did, like, a tour of a funeral home. I really like helping people, and so I was like, oh, I could, like, help people doing that. But too much science and math, so yeah, not my yeah. thing. No, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. I already touched on I wanted to be a teacher. Specifically, when I graduated from high school, I wanted to become a music teacher, a choir teacher. That's what I wanted to do, was teach choir in high school. I could totally see you doing yeah. that, yes. <laughs> <laughs> And when I went to college my first year, I did the music program, and I quickly discovered that if I did music full-time, I would hate music. Mm. So then I dropped the music program. Um, And then I was going to try and be an English teacher. And then I decided teaching wasn't for me. So then I just kept the English. (laughs) Yeah. I You know, that reminds me, uh, right out of high school, I actually signed up to go to culinary school. Oh, cool. And I had a summer before I was supposed to go into the fall, right? So my family decided, they're like, oh, you want to cook for a living? Okay, well, let's do this. And my summer was a nightmare. I withdrew my application and I said, nope, nope, I'm going to the community college. I am not going to cook for a living. Um, And that's the same reason, like, I lost the love that I had for it. I mean, now I I love cooking. I love baking. Uh, Not for myself. It's a very weird thing. Like, if I am cooking or baking for other people, man, I, I could do it for hours on end. For myself, I'm like, eh, these cheese and crackers are good, right? <laughs> Eat this pear. I'm fine. <laughs> cheese and crackers in a pear. That's all you need. Right? Maybe some dino nuggies. Um, <laughs> you can always have more dino nuggies. Right? <laughs> I always keep some in the freezer. <laughs> yeah, so I specifically buy dinosaur nuggets, which you would think it would be because I have a two-year-old. But no, it's because my husband likes the dinosaur-shaped nuggets, and we're adults, so we can buy the dinosaur-shaped chicken nuggets for ourselves. That's right, people. (laughs) It's just something about, like, the shape. It just hits different. Mm -hmm. It does. It does. You know, and it's funny, too, because you can get, like, the regular. You can get the, I think it's whole wheat or something. Oh, yeah, with, like, the veggies or whatever. And And then the veggie ones. I didn't realize because I mixed a bag of them. Oh, no. It's weird. It's real weird. Because you, you take a bite and you're like, mm, that's that's veggie. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. Yeah. Like, think, like, so they started making, like, vegan dino nuggets, and I'm vegan. Mm. And so I tried them, and they taste exactly the same. Yeah. It's really weird. I actually kind of did when vegan food yeah. actually tastes, you know. Because mm-hmm. um, I'm lactose intolerant, so I try to, like, if there's a vegan option, like a vegan mac and cheese or something, I go to town on that. <laughs> Just because... Cheese is not my friend. Well, actually, no, it's lactose. Sorry, cheese. I love you. It's definitely <laughs> lactose is not my friend. <laughs> what is something that you like or you like to do 
that people would not guess about you just looking at you. So I'll start again so you have some time to think. Mine is that I am into F1 racing. You look at me, you see like a typical librarian, little overweight, very like conservative dress. I love F1 racing. And it's all about the drama. F1 is such a soap opera. It's amazing. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) So if you haven't checked it out, go check out. There's a show on Netflix called Drive to Survive, and it summarizes the F1 seasons, but they make it like as dramatic as possible. And it is amazing. (laughs) Brandon and I, my husband and I, we watched it. And after we watched it, we were like, we should watch some actual F1 races. And so we did. We got a subscription to, like, the streaming service so we could watch all the races. It is so much fun. (laughs) There's all sorts of drama on the track. Like, last year was super competitive for who was going to win the Drivers' Championship. And the whole ending of the season was terrible. And it was a horrible call by the race director that ended everything. But it's so amazingly fun to watch. (laughs) I'm loving this so much. (laughs) So there you go. That's that's what you wouldn't guess about me, just looking at me. May or may not surprise people. Um, it probably won't surprise uh, two out of the three people in the room with me because uh, I work with them at the same branch. Or I used to, Mika. I collect swords and daggers. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I have a little small arsenal of <laughs> sharp objects. <laughs> I honestly, I just, I think they're beautiful. They're beautiful. The craftsmanship that goes into making them is just amazing, and I'm in awe of it. And I don't, there's something about just holding a sword in your hand that's, like, really powerful. It's weird because I feel the same way with a really fun pen. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> that tells you a little more something about me. Um, <laughs> One of my ex-boyfriends for our first anniversary bought me a samurai sword for a present. That sounds like a dream. (laughs) (laughs) And it was funny, too, because, you know, like, I couldn't tell from the box that it was a sword. I actually thought he bought me a telescope. And I was like, oh, my God. You know, like, I got super excited. And then I opened it and I go, wait, what? (laughs) Like, he's like, what? He's like, we went to the museum and you were, like, drooling over the swords. I'm like... Oh, you remember. <laughs> and when I left New York to move here, one of my guy friends, who's not that emotional, gave me a really big bear hug and slipped a pocket knife on me. So um, I have that as well. Thank you, Eric. Yeah, yeah. So I, I collect daggers and swords. Yeah, that's my jam. I love it. <laughs> so I'm trying to think, and I don't know if I have any, like, Interest that if you looked at me, you wouldn't know I was into. The only thing I can think of is I was actually born in South Africa. So when people look at me, they don't assume that because probably because I'm white. But yeah, I was born in South Africa. That's where like my whole family's from. We moved here when I was little. I haven't been back since, but I think that's probably the only thing I could think of when I was a kid. It was like a really big deal. I'd always tell people I was from South Africa. Adults always thought I was lying because if a four year old tells you, you know, that they're not from here, you're like, oh, that's nice. I don't believe you. So it's probably like the only thing that I can think of. Yeah. I cool. think that's really cool. Yeah. So, <laughs> so fun tidbit. I was also not born in the United States. I was born in Germany. Fun. My dad is 
was Air Force. He's not Air Force anymore. I'm, I'm an American citizen born abroad, which means I have like all these extra papers I have to fill out when I'm getting a passport or things like that, which is always fun. See, mine was like my dad's from there. My mom grew up here. She grew up right by Liberty Park. She just moved there. They met. They got married after like one date very fast. That's cool. I don't know if you guys, you know, want to wrap it up with like one final question. But Let's do it. Okay. My thought is, how about we say why we wanted to do this podcast? I'll start. I think a lot of people have a misconception of what the library does, what we do as staff. I think a lot of times when you have a title, you get a little dehumanized with that title. And I want to find connection again with the community, especially since after the last couple of years, there's been like a huge disconnect. So I think this is one great way to do that. For me, it was like coming from the perspective of not a librarian, since I'm not one yet. I'm a library assistant. When I signed up for this, I was like CSS, who do all of our CERC stuff. They're the best. Um, So I wanted to like come at it from like, hey, not everyone that works at a library is a librarian, but we're also really valuable and here's what we do. A hundred percent, yes. This may be a long-winded answer. So I am the one who actually got this whole ball rolling and proposed it to the leadership team here at the library system and got it approved and everything. And the reason I did that is because, number one, I love podcasts. I listen to a bunch of podcasts. I think they're a great way to connect with people, with a community, with like-minded individuals, regardless of physical location. Although, hopefully, a bunch of you listening are from Salt Lake County. Hey! Hey. (laughs) I really thought that it would be great for us as a system to have a way to connect with people that isn't just a post on Facebook or a tweet. While those are valuable and they have their place, you don't get that same sort of human connection that you do when you hear someone talking or when you're able to you know, interact through feedback, like sending us an email or things like that. I wanted to do this podcast to be able to connect with people and to be able to share with the community. And we're excited to continue to do this and we'll have guests and we're going to talk about all sorts of things, library related, community related, stuff that we find enjoyable and that we hope you find enjoyable. I'm excited. It's going to be a good time. Thanks for listening, everyone. Hopefully you'll keep listening as we release episodes. We'll be releasing episodes monthly. If you'd like to contact us, you can email us at shelvespodcast at slcolibrary.org. Or you can leave a message on our podcast page, which is shelvespodcast.podbean.com. You can also find show notes there. Thanks, everyone. Yeah.